Welcome to From the Den Podcast, providing Bears and NFL fans alike with compelling news, discussion, and debate. I'm your co-host, Benjamin, joined alongside my dear friend and co-host, Orin. Hey, Benjamin, let's get right into it. As always, kickoff starts now. Welcome to episode 22 of From the Den Podcast, where we are going to be going over our record predictions for the NFC. We are not going to be doing the Chicago Bears since uh, next week we will be going over each of the Chicago Bears weeks. Like we're going to be going over our predictions for the Bears in depth next week. So that's why we will be skipping them. So Oren, you can start us off with the NFC North. So I have the Green Bay Packers going 10 and 6. I think that they're a good team. They have Aaron Rodgers, solid, solid offense, but they went 13 and 3 and they were one of the worst teams ever. Like one of the worst thirteen and three teams ever. They went thirteen. And, yeah, I know what you mean because I, not one of the worst teams ever, but one of the worst thirteen and three teams ever. It's very unlikely that they. It's more likely that they regress because they're they they won games that they shouldn't have won. They were the worst thirteen and like I said, they won games that they shouldn't have won, and they're going to regress no matter what because they've been the past few years they've been kind of up and down and kind of inconsistent. Mm-hmm. And I get their defense and Rodgers and blah blah blah. But I can't see them having two straight good years, especially considering that their 13 and three year was amazing. And now I'm not saying that I don't see them, I can't see them going 12 and four or 11 and five, but I'm not also saying I can't see them dropping to seven and nine also. I could see something, I could see them, I'm putting them in the middle. I'm not going their floor nor their ceiling, and I'm going to go 10 and six. Okay. You know, I actually uh, agree with most of the stuff you were saying there. I also have the Packers going 10 and six. Since last year, I think their 13-3 record wasn't uh, telling the full story since they play, there are a lot of statistics to back that up. Um, and then this year, there's a lot of uh, controversy or a lot, of, a, lot, a lot going on in the Packers organization right now with the uh, selection of Jordan Love. And they picked a run, uh, I think, Dylan, AJ, AJ yeah, over, they have picked him. His, have you seen his thighs? They're humongous. <laughs> okay, or. Uh, yeah, picking him, uh, even though they already have Pro Bowl running back Aaron Jones. But with that said, they still have a lot of talent, I think, on both sides of the ball. Of course, a team led by Aaron Rodgers is always going to have a at least a semi-good offense. And um, they on the defensive side of the ball, they've got uh, kind of a revamped defense. And Aaron Rodgers is looking at some of the best, one of the best defenses he's ever seen with um, – guys like Jair Alexander. So that's why I also have them going 10 and six. Sorry. All right. So going on to the next team, the Minnesota Vikings, I have them going um, nine and seven. Okay. Go they, on. They, they did just trade for Yannick Nagakwe. who's a very, a very good defensive end from Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that the Vikings actually won that trade. But the Vikings haven't had two consecutive good years in a row, I think, since like 2015 or 2014. What do you mean, you mean over 500? What does two consecutive good years mean? Two, two, I don't think they've had two years where they've made the playoffs. Like one year where they made the playoffs and another year where they made it. I think they've made it, missed it, made it, missed it. Oh, wow. Okay. I, I'm not saying that that tendency is going to keep going because I think that could, very likely could be a weird coincidence. But I, I think it also goes back to the organization that they're unable to have two consecutive good years. Their defense has regressed greatly. Their starting cornerback will be a rookie. Their second cornerback will most likely be another rookie, a first and third rounder. They have no cornerbacks. Their defense is still uh, their defense has regressed a lot, and 
I mean, just looking at their offense, they have a bad offensive line. Wait, so if you think that if you're, you're, I feel like you keep saying why the Vikings are so bad this year. Why you have them going nine and seven and not something below five hundred? Because they're still not like terrible. The years that they missed the playoffs, they weren't going like I don't think they were going like six and ten or five and eleven. What were they they're, going then? They were going like eight and seven. Eight, eight and seven. I mean, eight, seven, and one. Eight and eight, like seven and nine, somewhere around that area. Where okay, but you have them going nine and seven. Like you're, you're, you keep saying, oh, they have this. This is all bad. This is so bad. But you're only having them lose one uh, more game than they did last year. Last year they went ten and six. So if you think that all like, if you think that there was so much downgrading over this off season, why do you only have them losing one extra game this year? Well, because they still have a solid offense, a great running back, and even though their defense lacks cornerbacks and they still lost pieces, they're still an above-average top 10 defense in the NFL. Okay. And I think that, that that with a top 10 defense and with – I'm not saying Cousins is good, but he's for sure not a terrible quarterback. And with Cousins, who's not yeah, terrible. Yeah, I think, I think Cousins gets overhated. I mean, what we, that, that could be a whole long discussion. I, know. I don't want to get into that right now, but uh, I maybe think, I'll – Cousins is great because he has Dalvin Cook and the Vikings offense. Their scheme is great. They have a very smart scheme. It's run the ball, go off of play action. It it helps the quarterback so much. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't be taking away from Kirk Cousins because he has a good scheme. But for example, when first of all, when the, when the Bears played the Vikings week four, Dalvin Cook was held to very like maybe like 50 yards and Kirk Cousins had a terrible game, right? Mm-hmm. When, when Dalvin Cook was hurt against the Packers, Kirk Cousins had a bad game. Whenever Delvin Cook isn't playing, well, yeah, it just means he's the center of their offense. Yeah, I'm saying is what I'm saying is that I think Kirk Cousins may have fine stats, but I think most of it is upgraded because of Delvin Cook. But I'm not taking that away from the Vikings because the Vikings don't care. The Vikings care about how good their offense is doing. I think that with their offensive line isn't great, and I think it's very hard for even a great running back like Delvin Cook to keep up how well he did last year. Also, considering he's injury prone. That's why I don't have them winning more games. I'm seeing place, places where they're saying that they could win more games. They could win the NFC North because the Packers. Well, might not to be fair, up. the NFC North is kind of wide open this year. So I wouldn't, <laughs> nothing would shock me. So I can understand those predictions. I'm not saying I agree with them and I'll get to my pick soon though. Well, we'll get into it later, but I wouldn't even be surprised if the Lions won. I'm not saying they're going to, but I, it wouldn't shock me. It's wide open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so onto my picks for the Vikings. I actually had them going seven and nine because you were listing all these reasons why they got worse this offseason. And I thought that too. I was like, they got so much worse. But then that's why it confused me. You had them going nine and seven. And that's why I was kind of berating you with like why you did that because I think their defense got significantly worse. Uh, they lost Stefan Diggs, which I don't think you touched on, which I think, although yeah. he might have been kind of a uh, uh, cancer in, in the organization he still is a pro bowl wide receiver and losing him is a significant loss especially on an offense where they need kind of a boost uh with throwing um so they still have a pretty bad offensive line and Kirk Cousins is an all right quarterback but he can't get the job done in prime time and he relies a lot on Dalvin Cook and also I'd say that uh, Dalvin Cook has been injured every season he's been in the NFL so there's also a pretty good chance that Dalvin Cook gets injured this year. And then I think that that's just their entire season going to waste. Uh, that's why I have them going seven and nine. Uh, yeah. Um, what I'm going to say is um, I have them going three and seven against winning teams and six and oh against losing teams. Can teams you see that that? Losing? Yeah, you can see that. Isn't that cool? All right. But whatever. I think that what yeah, I have them going two and seven against winning teams. 
Exactly. Yeah. The Vikings are not a team. The Vikings are a team that's going to win well against bad teams. But when they play good teams, they're not going to be good. Mm -hmm. Even if they have a good record like last year, I think that – I'm not going to say that Saints game was a fluke because they played well. But based on everything that Cousins and the Vikings have shown, they're not a team to come up against good teams and play very well. And I guess you can say the Saints game, but that's one game that they've ever played that I think I've really said, wow, they've actually beat a good team. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm not very high on them. Understood. All right. Wait, no, I said understood, but wait, wait one second. I mean, I've already asked you the same question, but you keep saying I'm not very high on them. You have them going nine and seven. These I'm reading all around people's predictions. That's kind of you just that's just kind of you um, uh, whimpering out of making the actual pick you want. I feel like you wanted to put them at seven and nine, but you were too scared because clearly you're not high on them. But then you ended up putting them at nine and seven anyway. Well, my expectations are higher because I can't, I'm reading around people saying that they're going to go 11 and 5, 12 and 4. They're going to be the second team. Yeah, exactly. So you're, you, you probably, this is what I'm, I'm guessing here. You think that the Vikings will go 8 and 8 or 7 and 9, but you're just, you see all these other people saying that they'll go so high. So you feel like you don't want to make the difference between your picks and their picks that big. And that's the only reason you're putting them at 9 and 7. And I don't like that. That's why I've got them at 7 and 9. I think I have them at nine and seven just for the fact that even the years where they do poorly, I think this year they still have more pieces than the years where they've done poorly. And that's why I have them rather than going eight, seven, and one, I'm having them go nine and seven. I mean, it's really not that big of a difference there. I think like, for example, the year that the Vikings didn't make the playoffs last year, they went eight, seven, and one. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was, it wasn't amazing. It wasn't an amazing year. I can see them having a similar year to that. And I could have put them at eight and eight or nine and seven. But I just decided to round it up one because I still think that they have a solid enough roster to make to be nine and seven. Okay. Okay. And also, like the difference between one game isn't. I guess, I guess you can say the difference between one game is huge in the NFL. But I mean, it's just one game. It's one kick. It's one play. I mean, it's between nine and seven and eight and eight isn't going to be that. Yeah. Big okay. Of a Even if it's not a big deal, then what? There has to be some logic behind picking nine and seven over eight and eight. You didn't close your eyes and flip a coin there was some reasoning behind doing nine and seven or eight and eight, even if it's not that significant. Yeah, I don't, I, 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 they, they don't feel like an eight and eight team. They feel like a nine and 17. Oh, okay. Okay. I think eight and eight teams are disappointing, but I feel like no matter what the Vikings do, I feel like I won't, I won't think of them as such a disappointing team. I'll think of them as like a team that's like, Oh, they still have all this. They still have all the talent. Like, I don't just don't know if they'll produce. All right, whatever. You can move on to the lions. All right. So I'm going to the lions. I've been going six and 10. I honestly do see a lot of potential in the Lions. I could that that's their seal, that's their floor. All right. Mm-hmm. I think that the Lions don't come up big in in tight games, and the Lions can't come out. I think the Lions would have went ten and six, so they would have been a really had a really high record if they won all the games. If the games ended in the fourth at the beginning of the fourth quarter. Yeah, I think they, that the, had, uh, the I think it was like they would have gone ten and six. Yeah, I think that the Lions are a team. That could shock everyone, but I just can't see them overcoming the fact that they are unable to win in tight games. And especially in a division that's going to be so tight, I really just can't imagine them being able to just just win those tight All games. Right. Like, you know, the Lions are going to be in contention with the Packers, Bears, and Vikings in nearly every game they play. They just won't be able to pull out the, at the last second, which will get them down to 6-10. and 10. Maybe this wasn't surprising for other people, but I mean – because the Lions had a third pick, but I feel like the Lions 
uh, played better than a three twelve and one team last year. Like they, they only won three games last year. That's kind of surprising. Yeah. I feel like most people think that they went maybe six and ten. Yeah, but I mean it, they did have the third pick, but still, it seemed like they were playing better than like they had a, they had too many good pieces on that team. Exactly, be underperforming so much, and that's why I have the Lions actually going eight and eight this year. I think that this is the year that they finally uh, stop underperforming and play live up to their potential and what i mean by that is i don't see like i don't see the lions ever going 12 and 4 but they still got matt stafford and kenny galladay who really broke out last year and is developing some great chemistry with matt stafford um and they've got a lot of a lot of other pieces on both ends of the ball and this is the year that i see them really living up to that potential i think matt patricia has been pretty inconsistent and bad this year and i think if they go under 500 or even at 500 he will get fired um, but I think that this could be the year that he really uh, shows his play calling. And even at the start of the season last year, uh, I think they tied the Cardinals game one and then game two or early on in the season, they played a very tight game with the Chiefs. So they were actually looking like quite the good team, but then down the stretch, they just couldn't win any more games. So I think that for being a three, 12 and one team, the Lions actually played a lot better. And that's why this year I have them making the leap to eight and eight. Huh. Interesting. Okay. I respect that. Okay. I, 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 like I said, I'm not, I'm putting them at their floor and at their floor, their floor is probably like four and 12, five and 11, but I'm putting them a bit above their floor for the souls, for the only, only for the fact that I don't think that they can win the close games. And that's going to be the deciding factor of, of this or that the close games. Like I said, teams in the NFL, you can look at a team, any team and be like, they could have went, Rather than eight and eight or seven and nine or nine and seven or ten and six, they could have went fourteen and two, or or four and twelve, just based on a, a few small plays every game. And I think that the Lions. Just- You're telling me the that the Bengals could have gone fourteen and twelve last year? No, I'm saying like what I do not understand what you just said. I'm saying that teams that are like, let's say a team is ten and six. You could say that they could have went 13 and three, or they could have went seven and nine. And not just- every team ever for some specific teams. Maybe they play in a lot of tight games, but there are yeah, other teams. The Lions, the Lions are going to be one of those teams. Okay, fine. You just say that for the Lions, but don't say every team ever could have lost six more games or won six more games. Cause that's just so not true. Well, not every team, but I think every, most teams could have at least probably won or lost two different It depends. Games. There are some teams that play in a lot of close games and lose a lot of close games. There are some teams that win a lot of close games. And there are some teams that just don't play in a lot of close games. So you can't just act like every team is the exact same. I, that's kind of illogical. Yeah, but I mean, also, if you think about it, nearly almost every NFL team has at least four to five close games per season. It's not like there's some teams that either lose by 10 or win by 10 every yeah, but game. I'm saying that there's a difference between like the Lions losing like every game close and some other teams. I feel like the Chiefs, they win most of their games big. So there's not, there's not that much, like they couldn't have been that much worse. Or some other teams that are like high powered offenses, like just teams operate differently. And it's, I mean, I know I'm kind of getting, going off the rails here and getting off track, but teams operate differently. And it was kind of weird of you to just say that all teams could have lost or won, like gone two and 14 or 14 and 12. I mean, 14, what I whatever. I, I didn't, what you said. didn't say so. That's not what I said. I did not say that they, any team could go two and two and 14 or 14 and two. Then what'd you say? Whatever. I said, I said that a team, I said that almost every NFL team or every NFL team 
can argue that they should have won an extra two games or lost an extra two games based on one or two plays in a game because almost every NFL team or every NFL team is in four to five close games per season. Fine. Maybe Fine. it's not. Yeah, I don't think that that's what you were saying before. No, that, that's what I was saying. I just think I worded it poorly. Okay. Yeah. Um, moving on to the NFC South here. Should I tell you my worst team or my best team here? Go start off with the best. Okay, so the New Orleans Saints have been at the top of this division for a while now, and I see them uh, staying at the top this year, going 12-4. and Of course, they've got the all-time reception leader in a season, um, Michael Thomas coming back with Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, that great offense that everyone knows about. And this defense has really taken a significant step up in the past few years, going from one of, if not the worst in the league, to above average or top 10 in the league. So a really just great all-around team. And I don't see any reason for why they'd suddenly do worse. So that's why I've got them sticking to 12 and four, which is one less than the record they had last year. But I don't think it's anything significant. So I have them going 13 and three. Mm -hmm. I think that the New Orleans Saints are a team that even though they always do on the regular season, I think they can do even better this year. I think there's an extra motivation for this team. Well, I mean, last year they went 13 and 3 too, so it's not even better. Well, they did. They went 12 and 4. No, they went 13 and 3. So I just said. Okay, then I think that what I will say is even if they have a similar record or the same record to last year, I think they're going to have extra motivation just because they lost early in that game and in the Vikings game. And I think that they're going to take. I think you talk too much about motivation, to be honest. Well, I mean, you act like motivation is the deciding factor, even though like. You could say if a team loses in the Super Bowl, they have extra motivation and they'll win. But really, that's why Super Bowl slumps happen. So I don't. Super I don't Bowl slumps. So that's also different. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think that the Saints will do well, but I don't. I think you talk too much about motivation, which I don't see being that much of a role. I just think that they're a very good team. Okay, so then I won't argue with motivation for the sake, so that you can see why it, why I think they will do well this year. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to keep up a thirteen and three record. It's very hard. So when you're going to say why will they have the same record? Because it's very hard to keep up 13 and three or above, mm-hmm. even 12 and four, two straight years. And I think the reason that they'll be able to do that is because they added Emmanuel Sanders. Alvin Kamara is going to be back and right, probably be better. There. They, they have a better offense, and their defense is, is still young. They still can develop. They have Marshawn Lattimore. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of these young players who, every single year, that every year that comes, their defense becomes a bit better as their defense gains more experience. It's not like they're an old defense. I would call them a, a younger defense. They added Malcolm Jenkins. Mm-hmm. They, they have good pieces on their team. And I think that – I know every year people say that, like, this is the year for the Saints. These they, yeah, I wouldn't, it really is, but then they always disappoint in the playoffs. I don't – I you could say disappoint. I would say this year – I would say it's a disappointment and unlucky combined. And unluck, just combined. I mean, I have I have – some opinions about the Saints, but we've been getting sidetracked enough, so fine. But I think that this is the year that the Saints will will move far into the playoffs. Okay, okay. Moving on now to the Atlanta Falcons. Yes, I've got them going second in the division over the Buccaneers and Carolina Panthers. I've got the Falcons going nine and seven this year. And to be honest, I actually kind of wanted them. I wanted to put them at ten and six or something higher, but nine and seven just because of looking around at the records. I think that that was the best I could put them at last year. The Falcons went 
uh, seven and nine, which is actually a pretty good record considering how um, injured their defense was. And now this year they're coming back with Matt Ryan, who's always been a great quarterback or at least above average Julio Jones, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, Calvin Ridley, who's looking ready to break out and has already had a few great seasons. The addition of Todd Gurley, I think will be, is very underrated in the NFL and isn't getting a lot of talk because Todd Gurley, I still see as a, uh, top seven running back in the NFL, just skill wise. Um, and now they've got this defense that uh, they've struggled with injuries for a long time, but I think if uh, the Falcons defense can stay healthy this year, then they're ready to, um, they're ready to kind of break out. And they've also got Dan Quinn, who's a defensive mind. So I think um, all of those factors combined will lead to a pretty great season from the Falcons. And that's why I've got them going nine and seven. So I have them going five and eleven. I don't. Think that oh, that. here we go. Okay, why? Okay. They have a very bad defense. No, they didn't. They have. They had all those guys who were injured. <laughs> what do you, well, they've had. They've had a bad defense since they made the Super Bowl. They've had a terrible defense. They've never. They've been absolutely terrible for a long time. Yes, they added Todd Gurley, and he will add to their offense. But they have a bad offensive line. Matt Ryan is still good, but he's getting older. Calvin Ridley, yes, he's ready to break out, but I don't think that's enough. They lost Austin Hooper, who's still pretty solid. I get that that's not going to decide that much. But a team who I wouldn't call – I wouldn't say that they're top seven. They're not top seven offense. I don't think that they are, the Falcons. And probably one of the worst, if not the worst, defenses in the NFL. I can't see them. I don't think – Why close. am I so sure of them having a good – like? Because, I'm because to find the guys. I'm blanking on their names right now, but I know they have good players. Um, what's Vic Beasley? Is he still on their team or no? I don't think so. Vic Beasley. Titans and the Titans. Shoot. Okay. So then Ricardo Allen. He he was fine. Keanu Neal, but I think he tore his AC. Yeah. Keanu Neal. He's coming back. He's great. Dante Fowler. Dante Fowler's fine. He's never been really good. Yeah, but he's, he was a first rounder. So. I don't know. Well, uh, whatever. It's terrible. So was like every bad first rounder. Like, okay, whatever, whatever. Um, I think that the Falcons defense, even though it might not be as bad as last year, they'll still be very far below pack. The Falcons went seven and nine last year. How do you? Why do you think that they're going to go five and ten this year? Because the last because they won, they went. I I don't remember what, but they had a really like. <laughs> yeah, you have no reason. What do you mean? They went seven and nine last year. Yeah, why would you think they're going to lose two more games? Even if their defense was bad last year, I don't think it got worse than – or even if their defense was is bad this year, I don't think it got worse than last year, and they just added Todd, Todd Gurley. So they didn't have any significant losses. What makes you think they're going to lose two more games? Because I just don't see them as a team that's going to win far. I think that they have a bad offensive line, which is going to degrade their offense. Their offense, no matter how good their skill positions are, their offensive line is going to take them far down. And I think that their offensive line, especially this year, is going to show more than ever because Todd Gurley, who's been injury prone, is not going to be able to run anywhere. I'm not saying he's going to get injured, but his likelihood of getting injured is way high, is more elevated after this year because there's a bad offensive line. He's going to get hit more. Okay. I think that I just can't see their offense doing as well as they did last year, even with the addition of Todd Gurley. And their defense, I just can't seem doing that well. Wait, why can't you see it doing as well as last year? Their defense? No, their offense. 
Because they're off. Because their offensive line. But did it get worse from last year? No, but I think it's going to shit. I think that they weren't able to run the ball last year, and I think that them having Todd Gurley. Yeah, but I don't see how. Like, even if you're saying that they have these bad attributes, they managed to go seven and nine with the that same team last year. So, what about that makes you think that they're going to be two games worse this year? Because they have a harder division. That's fair. That's a fair point. That's thank you. You finally made a fair point. They do have a harder division, although it's really only the uh, Buccaneers who are harder. Yeah, but uh, I don't know if the Falcons beat the Buccaneers twice or whatever. But even let's just say that's a two-game difference, right? That's seven and nine to five and eleven. Mm-hmm. So I don't really know. I mean, it depends. I mean, the thing is, I could see them going seven and nine if their offensive line isn't a glaring issue. I could see them going eight and eight if their defense, if their offensive line isn't as bad as I'm expecting them to be. But I think that the Falcons is just a team that's kind of out of their prime. Okay. Um, well, I already said I have them going nine and seven, and I definitely disagree with that pick. If you're going to say the Falcons do badly, I could see seven and nine, but not five and 11. I don't think they're going to be a terrible, terrible team this year but moving on now to one of the most highly talked about teams and one of if not the most who had if not the most craziest offseason this year the Tampa Bay Buccaneers I've got them going eight and eight this first season with a lot of unpredictable wins and losses Uh, of course Tom Brady comes to Tampa Bay with probably the best receiving core he's ever seen uh, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin Uh, now we've got he's playing alongside Gronk and their defense they have a pretty good uh defensive line but their secondary is still needs a lot of work um I've got them going eight and eight I've got them winning some significant games against good teams but also dropping a few games against bad teams um I've got them splitting games against the Saints I've got the Rams beating them and some other I've got the Lions beating them and so yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a Benjamin right now. Oh, okay. They went 7-9 and nine last year. They added Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, LaShawn McCoy. They added a rookie left tackle. Their defense is going to get better because they have, a, they have a, I think, a young defense. Who's, they're solid. Mm-hmm. They might have added someone on defense. I can't really remember. Why would they only win one more game? Tom Brady to Jameis Winston is monumentally greater. Okay. Tom Brady to Jameis Winston isn't as night and day as people are making it out to be because although Jameis Winston was a guy who threw 30 plus interceptions, he also threw 30 plus touchdowns. And I think that those touchdowns are part of the reason that they won seven games in the first place. So it's not like Jameis Winston was totally terrible on this team. And I think that it'll take Tom Brady a year to get acclimated to this new system. It's a completely different system than he was with in New England. Uh, In New England, he was thriving off of these short passes down the middle, whereas Bruce Arians liked to have Tom Brady in the pocket more and wait to throw it deep. So I think that being in this new system um, will maybe take away from Tom Brady's abilities a little bit and it'll take him a bit to get acclimated. And for I still have him winning one more game than that last year, but that's why I'm not so ready to jump on this Buccaneers bandwagon. So I'm going to say I think that the Buccaneers are a bit overrated for the people who are 13-3, and 14-2. They're so great. But what I will say is that Tom Brady said before last year he was going to leave New England. He okay. said he didn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. I think that last year he might have underperformed a bit, 
guess he had a lack of motivation. I know I use motivation a lot, but he, he had a lack of motivation. He didn't really want to do anything. He threw 24 touchdowns and eight interceptions. It's a three to one touchdown interception ratio. Jameis Winston literally had a one to one. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, okay. Also, aside from that, Tom Brady is moving to a new system. So just because he played well with the Patriots in a system that he's known for, uh, 10 plus years with Bill Belichick doesn't mean that he's suddenly going to be as great in this entirely new system. Yeah. But are you telling me, I think Bruce Arians is a good coach. And are you telling me that Bruce Arians won't change the system a bit to make it easier? No, they were talking about it. They've they've actually been interviewed on it. And Tom Brady has said that he was going to go into this Tampa Bay system and he doesn't want them to adjust it for him. He wants to play in the Bruce Arians system. So then he has enough confidence in himself enough confidence That's fine. people can be confident in themselves but that doesn't mean that they're necessarily good and don't get me wrong i, I don't have them being worse than last year i still have them go, winning one more game and i think that uh next year two de- years down the line if this roster stays and they add more players and they can be really great but i just think it'll take this will be kind of a a year for them for tom brady to get acclimated to this new system and i think after having 10 plus years in one system it's not going to be like such an easy shift over to this completely different offensive scheme tom brady is the smartest quarterback in the nfl and i guess well, also i think that this year will definitely be trying to show like how much should be attributed to belichick and how much is attributed to brady and i think that yes there is definitely a chance that tom brady can adjust perfectly and then of course uh i'd have the buccaneers winning 10 games 12 maybe not i don't know maybe not 12 but i'm just not sure and that's why i've just got him going eight and eight for now I think that you're overrating how big a system, a difference of a system is. I don't think I am. I mean, you can use Jimmy Garoppolo, for example, is, is in the perfect situation. He, he is in the, for his abilities, he could not be in any better system. And I think that Shanahan knows that because all he has to do is hand off the ball and he makes, he, he's asked to make the throws that he's best at giving and nothing more. If Jimmy Garoppolo were, in um, Andy Reid's system that I think that he would struggle a lot. And I know that Tom Brady, comparing Tom Brady to Jimmy Garoppolo is, you know, maybe going off a little bit, but still the point I'm trying to make here is that systems really do matter and how you, you utilize your quarterback um, is an important part. And it's not just you're a talented quarterback, you'll succeed anywhere. It also has to do with how your coach utilizes you. Yeah, but the thing is that Bruce Arians said players like him. He said Carson Palmer. I get that Carson Palmer is not as good as Tom Brady, but he had a great years. He took them to. Yeah, I know. Okay. But I'm, again, I'm not saying that this, Tam- I, I never said this Tampa Bay will never succeed. I never said Tampa Bay is going to do badly this year. I have them going eight and eight as I keep clarifying, but it will just take a few years for Tom Brady to get acclimated. And that's that. That's all I have to say. Nothing more, nothing less. It'll just take a bit for Brady to get acclimated to the Buccaneers. And that's why I'm not ready to have them going 10 and six yet. I think that's interesting, especially because what, what did you have the Patriots record? You had them pretty high, right? I had the Patriots going 11 and five. So then how is Cam Newton expected? How's Cam Newton a substantially a quarterback? Who is Cam Newton no- hasn't spent as long. Um, so why does that matter? Wait, listen, Cam Newton hasn't spent as long with the Panthers. And also I think that Bill Belichick's a better coach than Bruce Arians. Bill Belichick is not the offensive coordinator. He's not the person who controls the offense. Yeah, but still, he's the person who's controlling Cam Newton and he's looking over it all. I just, I have more faith. I also have more faith in the Patriots system in general, 
to uh, ensure the success of Cam Newton than I do the Tampa Bay Buccaneers system, who's made a lot of mistakes in the past five, seven years. It really, since they made the Super Bowl, they've been pretty terrible. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they got a new coach. System, system is their coaching. Is there a who, what plays they choose? That's what system is. System is what plays they choose. Josh McDaniels is the one who calls the Patriots system, offensive system. He's the one who calls their plays. Okay. If you're going to talk about coaching, then that's a different story. But Bruce Arians has been their coach two years. Well, I don't know. I don't see your point. My point is, is that you're talking about the, the Buccaneers seven, eight years ago. Who cares about what they were seven and eight years ago? It's like, it's like comparing. It's like, it's like saying like the Bears have never had an offensive mind. What I mean by system is just their, their franchise. Their, their franchise. No, I mean, I'm saying I have more faith in the Patriots organization to success because historically, and in the past five years, in the past 10 years, blah, 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 they've been a successful organization. Whereas this Tampa quarterback, what? They've had the same quarterback. Yeah, but even without just historically, the Patriots have been a good franchise and well-managed. So I have more faith in the Patriots management to do well than I do the Buccaneers who historically and throughout the past five years have not managed players very well. And probably if Jameis is in a better system and a better team, then I think that he can be managed well because he still has a great arm, but he just they just have to work, uh, make like ensure that he throws less interceptions. I think that I think that's a bit crazy that you have the that you have the Patriots. I think winning one extra game with Cam Newton versus Brady, while you have the and you have so you're pretty much saying that you think Newton will be better than Brady in New England. I think Newton will be better than. Yeah, that's not that crazy. Really, Newton's a more skilled quarterback than Brady. Well, then what about the He's system? A younger and more skilled quarterback than Brady right now. First that's... of all, been incredibly injured. Okay, I'm not, I, again, in the, in the last episode, and we're talking about the Patriots now when we're supposed to be talking about the Buccaneers, but in the last episode I covered, if Newton gets injured, then throw my prediction out the window. I'm just talking about if Newton stays healthy the entire season, uh, he's a more skilled quarterback than a super old Brady. He possesses way more skills than Brady does. I don't okay. think that's that crazy to say. He's able to run, but just to show you, in Tom Brady's 2018 season, while well, Ken Newton's 2018, where he played the whole season, I think, Newton threw 24 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. Yeah. While Brady threw 24 to 8. So the same thing, except Brady threw five less interceptions. Wait, what? Say it again. Cam Newton threw 24 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. Oh. While Brady threw 24 touchdowns. Yeah, but also Cam Newton was on the Panthers. So what's Brady your point? Was on the Patriots. Now Cam Newton comes onto the Patriots and gets the best of both worlds because he's a better quarterback and he's in a better system or system or management or team or whatever you want to call it because maybe I'm misdefining system. I think that's crazy that you think that Cam Newton's a better quarterback. Than okay, just wait until the end of the season and you'll see. Right now, Cam Newton is a more just skilled alone. Cam Newton is a more skilled quarterback than an old Tom Brady. He okay, more versatile. And I think that we're going to see, as long as Newton stays healthy, we're going to see a lot more creative looks from the Patriots than we've seen in a while. Who cares about creative plays? Tom Brady wins games. Who cares about skill at this the point? The Patriots win games. The Patriots win games. Are you telling me that the Patriots would have, with that roster, even made it to single Super Bowl without Tom Brady, just an average quarterback, any yeah. of those years? 
Well, it depends on what quarterback. I can't I can't make it say something like that. But I'm okay. It's part of it is of course attributed to Brady. And I'm not trying to take away from Brady here. He's still a great quarterback. I still think he's the greatest quarterback of all time. But I think that a lot of the credit also goes to the Patriots organization. And Tom Brady has been quoted saying that I mean something like this. I'm gonna misquote it, but it's something like if Aaron Rodgers were on the Patriots, then they would do substantially better. Even Tom Brady himself knows that he's not the most skilled of quarterbacks, but the Patriots just utilize him perfectly. That's why I think the Patriots will utilize Cam Newton well and their do well versus uh, Tom Brady going to the Buccaneers. He's still a good quarterback, but he's old and it'll take him a year to get acclimated. We're talking more about the Patriots now than the Buccaneers. And I think, I think, I think it's crazy that you're expecting the, as you said, the best quarterback of all time, who's literally known for being one of the smartest quarterbacks ever to have a problem acclimating to a system while Cam Newton, who's a quarterback, who's, I wouldn't say known for being necessarily lazy, but a quarterback who's not known to, to work hard and to do all of these things in the past is expected to learn the Patriots system right away. I think that you you have way too much faith in Bill Belichick to make Cam Newton look like the best quarterback or well, a great quarterback while, while Bruce Arians is a terrible coach and expect Tom Brady to I don't look. think Bruce Arians is a terrible coach. I I'm, just think that his offense is drastically different from the Patriots. I Yes, and so is the Panthers to the Patriots also. Whatever. All right. We're going around in circles here. Yeah. We'll, we'll move on. Yeah. Carolina Panthers. I think this is something we can agree on for a change. I got them going 2-14. and 14. They do have Christian McCaffrey, who one of the best running backs in the league. Teddy Bridgewater, who played pretty great filling in for the Saints, but that might have also just been because uh, the Saints have great coaching. Um. Their defense is terribly depleted. looks nothing like it did a few years ago when they made the Super Bowl. Um, They did draft, you know, they drafted entirely defensive players. So they've got a very young defense, which maybe a few years down the line, um, they've got potential. I'll say that. But for now, they're going 2-14. and So they're going to need a few more draft picks, high draft picks, before they've got a great team. Yeah, I agree. I think that even though McCaffrey is great, I just can't see them. I'm going. I'm going one and fifteen. I think that's like. Hmm. I think that that's even a bit crazy, and I think that we're both kind of underrating them. I know it's not underrating. Yeah, I think that they'll honestly. I wouldn't be surprised if they went like five and eleven. Me neither. I I think that they're just. I think that the, also, especially because they've got that new coach who did great things. Um, yeah. With Matt Rule, not Matt. Yeah, Matt Rule. Yeah, Matt Rule. I I'm forgetting the. He was in Baylor, I think, and um, Temple. Baylor, 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 yeah. And mm-hmm. he like, turned their team around. But I think that even though they have McCaffrey, they have a very, very bad defense, like terrible defense. And they're, they lost Keekly, who was one of their only last pieces. I think that's all I'm going to have to say about them. Yeah, okay. Good, good to know that we can agree on something after that large debate about the Buccaneers. Okay, you can start with the NFC East now. All right, so onto the NFC and East, the Dallas Cowboys. I have them going eleven and five. I think that even though I think the Cowboys are like like we saw them last year, they're a bit overrated. Mm-hmm. I think that there's going to be someone who has to win this division. I have them going six and zero oh in this division. Wow, which is okay. going to be huge for them. And I think that the Dallas Cowboys' record is going to be inflated because not only are they going to they're going to come back from a down year last year. They got CeeDee Lamb. They, I think they added a few pieces. And even though they, their team kind of looks the same as last year, I think that last year was just a bit of a down year. And I can see them kind of bouncing back. And also because of such a bad 
such a bad team. I can see them going 11 and five, a bad division. Yeah. Um, I also have them going 11 and five, so I won't spend too long here. I have them going um, five and one in the division and losing to the football team, actually, which is probably pretty funny, but that's just the way it turned out. Um, I agree with most of what you said here. I think that the Dallas Cowboys have one of the best rosters in football, a great wide receiver corp, which only got better with the addition of CD lamb deck Prescott, not an elite quarterback, but still top 10 in my eyes. Zeke, of course, great running back. And they added a lot of guys uh, to revamp this defense. So I think that they're looking pretty scary. And I think that Dallas fans should be pretty ecstatic now. All the rest of the NFL hates on them because that's what NFL fans do. Yeah. So now I have, this will be a surprise. We're not going to get into a long argument about this because it'll take forever. I have the Eagles going six and 10. Yeah. um, You know, okay. I'll let you talk first. All right. I think that I just don't think Carson Wentz is a winner. I mean, you look at those Eagles teams that they won the Super Bowl. That was Nick Foles. Do you remember Carson Wentz hurt his back? Nick Foles took that team. I'm not trying to like pump up Nick Foles because I'm a Bears fan, even though I kind of am trying to do that right now. Um, He took a team that I think it was 2% chance of making the playoffs, made it to the playoffs, beat the Bears. And I'm not going to say they would have beat the Saints. Okay, then don't. The, The ball slipped through. He led them on a drive. And the ball slipped through Alshon Jeffrey's hands when they were in field goal range. I think they, they could have kicked the field goal to win the game. He put them – Nick Foles was the reason that they were good. And now I'm saying this year their defense isn't as good as before. They, their offensive line, their players – they have a good offensive line, but it's got hurt. Brandon Brooks is hurt. They're a rookie. I forgot his name. Two years ago he was a rookie. Or last year he was Nelson a rookie. Aguilar? No, not Nelson Aguilar. He's an offensive lineman. They lost oh, Nelson Aguilar. Oh, uh, yes, they added Jalen Rieger, but he's still a rookie. I mean, rookies, rookie wide receivers occasionally take a long time to develop into a big role. Alshon Jeffrey's been injury prone. I mean, Miles Sanders seems fine, but Carson Wentz just doesn't really win games, and he proved it last year. I think he's an overrated quarterback. Why? How do you prove it last year? See, they went nine and seven. What's wrong with nine and seven? Their expectations for the Eagles were very high last year. Did they make the playoffs last year? Yeah, they did because they won the division. Who did they play? They played the the Seahawks and and lost. I'm forgetting how that game went, but okay. I so, remember um, what's it called? Yeah, they went nine and seven. That, that was that was Wentz's playoff debut, and they lost seventeen to nine. Which was a yeah, but Wentz was hurt. Oh, he was hurt that game. Yeah, who was their quarterback? Josh McCown. Oh. Wait, so Wentz hasn't played in the playoffs yet? No, he still hasn't played in the playoffs. Wow, okay. Um, and I might be low on them, and I and 5-11 and 11 is their floor, and I'm, I might have just picked some bad games that they won or Wait, lost. You have them at 5-11 and 11 or 6-10? and 10? Let me check. I think it was – I think it was, yes, yeah, 6-10, 6-10. I have them at 6-10, and 10, and even though I can see them still doing well and I can see Carson Wentz playing like he did his MVP season, I think Carson Wentz has proved at least to me over and over again that he's not exactly a winner and he might have the skill, but he can't win games. And I think that this team's a bit overrated. Go. Okay. I don't really understand your hate for Carson Wentz. I have the Eagles going nine and seven, which is the same record that they have last that they had last year. Um I think a very underrated pick this year was the selection of Jalen Rager. Um, 
last year the Eagles had arguably the worst wide receiver court uh, in the NFL, especially since all their guys were injured or just dropping passes in general. Cough, cough. Nelson Aguilar, cough, cough. But he's on the Raiders now. He's on the Raiders. He's on the Raiders. Well, no, I'm just saying last year he was very bad. Um, but Jalen Rager is an addition of speed that the Eagles really needed. I know that they had Deshaun Jackson last year, of course, but he was injured a lot and he's still a super old guy. So they really did need some speed. And I think that adding that speedy guy in Jalen Rager will uh, prove very crucial to this Eagles team. Um, that's why. And I also, I don't really understand your hate of Carson Wentz, to be honest. I think that you say he's not a winner. I think he's injured prone. That's fair but he just never had a chance to even prove himself as a winner because he's never even played in the playoffs. And although Nick Foles took over, okay, Nick Foles in that one season where they had a 0.2 chance, that's fine. That's the credit of Nick Foles, and um, that's Carson Wentz's fault. But aside from that, um, during Nick Foles's or during Carson Wentz's MVP season, you gave the credit to Nick Foles for winning the Super Bowl, which is fair, but it's still Carson Wentz was the reason that they were there in the first place. He was playing like a winner. And who's to say what would have happened that uh, playoffs if Carson Wentz would have been healthy. And this year, Carson Wentz led him to a nine and seven record in a bad division and led him to the playoffs before getting injured. So there could be a possibility that Carson Wentz gets injured again. And that's the main reason, or that's the, if the Eagles are to go below 500 or to go six and 10, I see Carson Wentz getting injured as the main reason, which could be a possibility since it has happened so frequently. But um, I still think Carson Wentz is a pretty great quarterback. You say he's above average and he shows a lot of potential since that MVP caliber season. And I don't think it's fair for you to say he's not a winner since he's never even had a chance to prove himself because he's never played in the playoffs. So until he loses in the playoffs, I'm not ready to write him off yet. That's why I've got him going nine and seven, especially in this bad division where they can maybe steal a few games from the Giants and Washington football team. That's fair. All right. Going on to the New York Giants, I'm going 13 and three. I think that 13 and three, I mean, three and 13, three okay. and 13. Let, let, let me get this. Let's make it clear. They have a very poor defense. I really don't see any real potential on their defense. Mm-hmm. I could be, I, I very likely could be forgetting about a name, but I, I, I don't see very much potential on their defense. Mm-hmm. Their offensive line isn't great. Saquon is a great running back. Yeah. He really is good. They have Evan Ingram, who's young. They have some wide receivers who are young. Daniel Jones could, could – Daniel Jones could break out and they could do well because it's it does happen where second-year quarterbacks do well. But Daniel Jones also has a big problem of being inaccurate and doing this, and I just can't see him overcoming that. And I think that a combination of all of that will lead them to an underwhelming season. Even yeah, less- I think that that's definitely fair to say. I also had them going three and 13 or 13 and three as Oren would say, but no three and 13. Um, for basically the reasons that you were saying, even if uh, Daniel Jones impresses in his second year, I don't see him doing anything remarkable like Mahomes' second year level, which is really first year or whatever. Um, so even if he does do pretty well, they might go six and 10, maybe, maybe, very, very high. This is the total ceiling is eight and eight, I think, for the Giants because yeah. they still have no one on their defense. Saquon is great, of course, but he's been putting up insane numbers and they still haven't done anything um, 
they still haven't won in many, many games when Saquon's doing insane. And uh, their receivers, they've got some guys with potential, but Sterling Shepard, for example, is getting injured a lot. And I think it'll still take a few years. They still need a lot more pieces, especially on defense, to build up their team before I'm confident that they will actually be able to do anything. So, again, I've got them going 3-13. and 13. All right. On to the Washington football team. Again, I was close to saying the Redskins, but I stopped myself. Um, I've been going 2-14. and 14. I'm not saying that their team isn't skilled, but I think that there's just too many issues on that team. There's too much drama. I don't see Dwayne Haskins being that amazing. I can't, I don't see Alex Smith winning it because they're trying to build for the future and putting Alex Smith in is just kind of going against that. Mm-hmm. They don't really have an amazing running back. They, they released Darius Geis. Mm-hmm. They have Terry McLaurin, but besides that, they don't really have anyone. Who's their tight end? They don't have an amazing offensive line. They lost Trent Williams. Vernon Davis. Yeah, but he's so old. I know. Wait, Jordan Reed? I don't think they have Jordan Reed. And he's also What's been- going on with Jordan Reed? I feel bad for that guy. He's getting concussed like eight times. I know. He's a super injury prone. He's been stuck on. Oh, he's on the 49ers. Wow. Yeah. But, um, and their defense, they have a great defensive line with Chase Young. They have terrible cornerbacks, terrible secondary. I just can't see them doing much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I agree with that. I think you said they're going two and 14, right? Yeah, I've got that too. I've got them going two and 14 for the same reasons. One of those wins are against the Cowboys, which I think is pretty funny. Um, and the other is against the New York Giants. So aside from that, pretty bad team, like you were saying, Dwayne Haskins showed maybe a little bit of potential last year, but not enough for me to like have them actually winning a lot of games. So two and 14. All right, moving on now to our final division of the entire NFL, the NFC West, where I've got the San Francisco 49ers in first again. And I just have a suspicion that Oren has, has got the 49ers dropping because I don't know. I just see that, but I'll wait to talk until you talk. Anyway, I've got the 49ers going 11 and 5. Last year, they went 13 and 3, which um, I don't expect them to maintain that level of dominance or success because like you said it is very hard to maintain that but aside from that um I I do see the 49ers continuing to be a great team especially since Kyle Shanahan is one of if not my favorite coaches in the NFL just because I I've seen what he's done on so many different teams how he's been able to bring them to success um I think he knows his personnel very well and to be honest I could see the 49ers dropping a lot more games just because uh, there's a lot of questions on this offense. They managed to make it work with three um, different running backs last year. And I think they lost Tevin Coleman. They lost a few of them in free agency this year. So it'll be interesting to see if they get their running game working. And they um, Shanahan does do a lot of creative plays, but they rely on the run a lot. So I think that if teams can stop the run, then uh, that might be trouble for the 49ers. So what I'm trying to say here is, I could see the 49ers doing badly, but I still have faith that um, Shanahan will scheme well. Nick Bosa is looking great. This defense still is still dominant. That's why I've going, got going 11-5 and winning the division. So I have them going 10-6. Okay, yeah, yeah. They're number three in, my, in, the, in the division. Whoa, whoa, that's kind of crazy, actually, yeah. Yeah. All right, they're a good team, great defense. I love their offense. I really do. I, I, I love the 49ers. They remind me of, like, they play kind of – I'm not going to say they play like the Bears because the Bears have never had a good quarterback, but they and play – also never like, had three running backs like that. They play like how I want the Bears to play. <laughs> Dominant run game. Mm-hmm. 
No, you don't need an amazing quarterback, a good I mean, enough quarterback to yeah. work off the play action and an amazing defense. That that that's what I imagine a perfect Bears team. Like you combine like the, with the Bears history, like how, how they like typically win games, and like how I like like football to be played. That's like they're my they're my perfect team. But what I do see is that teams that rely heavily on the run one year aren't able to replicate their success or heavily rely on the run or on defense because the in the NFL now, the only way to keep up success is having a sustainable quarterback. And now I'm not saying Jimmy Garoppolo is bad. I'm What I'm saying is that I don't think he's good enough to keep this team. Like great quarterbacks are the ones. Exactly. He, yeah. he's, he's not good enough to keep this team like afloat to the point where they're 14 and two, 13 and three last year. But yeah, that's what I have. Okay, you know, like I said, I could understand them going 10-6. So that, that's fine. That's fine. But third in the division, I'm just curious to see what you've got. So next, I've got the Seattle Seahawks, which was an interesting pick because uh, roster-wise, I think that the Seahawks have got the worst or probably the second worst roster in the division. Um, they've got Russell Wilson, Chris Carson, uh, DK Metcalf. And aside from that, they don't really have that many other exciting players. The defense is looking all right. They've got a few good guys still left on that team. Um, but I just, through the years, it seemed like the Seahawks are finally going to be, um, this is like, there are a lot of times when I think, okay, this is the year when the Seahawks go seven and nine and miss the playoffs. And they've missed the playoffs like barely a few times, I believe, but really always they seem to stay in the hunt. They're always staying in the playoff hunt. And I've got them going nine and seven this year for that reason, just because there's such a winning culture in Seattle that's been established with Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll that I think that the Seattle Seahawks will always stay in the hunt. I see uh, Chris Carson doing pretty well this year as they'll rely on the run a lot. Um, so that's why I've got them going nine, seven. I have them going 14 and 12. Lauren, what? Why? I mean, 14 and two. Why? What am I saying? Oh my God. But 14 and two. What the? No way. Yeah. What? Okay, explain yourself. Russell Wilson is an amazing quarterback. Yeah. Right? DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are both young. They're going to. Tyler Lockett. I forgot about Tyler Lockett. He is a great. Yeah. Chris Carson is good. Mm -hmm. I think that their offensive line, I think they upgraded it a bit. I'm not positive. They got Greg Olson. They traded for Jamal Adams. Greg Olson is old. Is very old. Yeah, but he's still he's still better than Jamal Adams. Yeah. They traded for Jamal Adams. That's really, I, I man, I was forgetting a lot of names on Seattle, but yeah, that just they have Bobby Wagner, still probably the best middle linebacker in the NFL. Mm -hmm. I mean, the thing is that I think last year they were great, but I think last year, like everyone was like, "Oh my God!" Like the Seahawks are doing better than what you expected, but in reality, I think the Seahawks like touched the surface of how good they can be. And they just added pieces to make them even better. I think this year they're going to really show who they are. Wilson's going to come out and he's going to finally get an MVP vote. This might be bolder than me saying the Broncos are going to make, are going to be better than the Chiefs. Uh, I, mean, I, you know? I, I, I hope by the end of his career, Wilson gets MVP, but I don't know. If he gets an MVP vote, I'm happy. Uh, that's, that's crazy that he's never gotten a vote. I mean, MVP, I could see, but never even a vote. That's pretty wild. Um, but I have them going 14 and two. I think that they're going to really show who they are. And I get, even though their roster isn't amazing, Wilson is just such a great quarterback. He's able to keep any team afloat. And I think their weapons on offense and defense have improved. And even though they lost Jadavion Clowney, I think that they're going to be able to either re-sign him or they're going to try to find someone else to replace him. I'm not too worried about that. 
Wow. Um, the way you put it, you know, maybe I, to be honest, I could see the Seahawks being first in the division, uh, getting maybe 12 and four, 13 and three, but 14 and two in my mind is something reserved for just the elite, elite elites. That was the Ravens last year. Um, and I don't know if I'm ready to say that the Seahawks are going that high. I'm not going to totally contest you on that. That definitely did initially catch me off guard because of anything, I would have expected you to have the Seahawks having a worse record. I don't know why it just was my presumption, but, um, 14 and two, I mean, I wouldn't put them there, but I'm not going to totally hate that prediction. I'm going to say this. People tend to forget the Seahawks were half a yard away from getting a buy, having home field advantage. That is true. That is true. And and being a thirteen and three or four thirteen and three team, yeah. Wait, no, they went eleven. They went eleven and five last year, so they wouldn't have been thirteen and three. They would have been twelve and four. Twelve and four. Yeah, you're right. So maybe you know what? Yeah, you know what? I, I think it, nine and seven might have been kind of a bad prediction, to be honest. Because, but I still think fourteen and two is kind of crazy. Moving on to the Arizona Cardinals, one of the most unpredictable teams or at least that's what I have them as in football this year they've got Kyler Murray second year quarterback who's looking to be high in MVP voting just because he's got a lot of potential of course the blockbuster trade for wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins um they've got running back well I cannot remember this guy's name Kenyon Drake thank you Jesus I'm bad with names right now. Anyway, they've got a pretty good-looking offense, and with head coach Cliff Kingsbury in that air raid offense, and the, but this defense is still pretty terrible, and I don't know if I can trust the defense to really win them games. I don't think they're enough of a complete team to go that far. But still, I think that Kyler Murray, this is the year he totally breaks out, and that's why I've got him going 8-8. Eight and eight. So I'm going to say this. Mm-hmm. Me and you both pick Kyler Murray to win MVP. As Yeah. Every player that's won MVP that I can think of from like the past few years has had above a 12 and 14, I think 11 and 5, 12 and 14 record. Because MVP comes with winning games. Now, I get it stupid to predict based on us predicting that Kyler Murray is going to win MVP. People underrate their defense. I think they really do. They've got Chandler Jones and an old Patrick Peterson, but who else? Patrick Peterson's good. But how old is he? He's old. 30? Not that old. Patrick Peterson. Oh, yeah, he's 30. Okay, okay. I, to be honest, I thought he was older, but. No, he's not that old. Like, I think that their defense is underratedly not terrible. I mean, they were like middle of the pack last year, but they. I, think uh, I do not think they're middle of the pack. Maybe below. I, I think that they, were, they had a pretty below average defense last year. But I think that their defense has a lot of potential. They got Isaiah Simmons, who can play anywhere. I really like him. And I just see they're having a lot of potential. Also, their offense is great, and if Kyler Murray's going to win MVP, mm-hmm. that defense is going to need that defense is going to be pretty good. Then, I mean, not their defense. If Kyler Murray's going to win MVP. Yeah, okay. According to Pro Football or, or, or Pro Football Reference, the Cardinals are twenty eighth defense last year. Yeah. So then, never mind. They are a pretty bad defense. That's why I had them going eight and eight. Okay, that's fair. But I just I can't I I I see Kyler Murray winning MVP, and I can't see him winning without a good record. I think that I get that's a stupid reason. Yeah, I because see, I see their I see their offense very much doing well. I see their defense, even like for example, the Chiefs in 2018. I'm not saying that he's going to be Mahomes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I yeah, am, he might need to be Mahomes to be that good. Didn't they, what did the Chiefs go? 11 and five? No. 
Oh no, they went eleven and five last year. Yeah, they went twelve and four. Well, whatever. So I'm. I said thirteen and three. I could see them going anyway. I mean, that might have been a bit too high, but I think that's their ceiling. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. Wait. You went twelve and four or eleven and five? I had thirteen and. What do you mean? I had thirteen and three for the Cardinals. Whoa! No. Okay. I I I got too many arguments with you. Thirteen and three. I do not know about that, and I think that you should retract that. I, I think. I said that's their ceiling. I think you predicted him as MVP. I think it's bad, that, and I think you kind of admitted this when you're talking that you had him as MVP. So now you feel obligated to have the team doing better. But if you uh, take yourself out of that for a second and imagine that you predicted someone else's MVP, could you honestly say that you think the Cardinals will go 13 and three? I mean, they're a team that went they went five and ten last year, and of course, the signing D Hop is a great addition and Isaiah Simmons, but I don't think that those two players are alone. Uh, yeah, and Kyler Murray will do better, but I don't see an eight-game difference. That's so many games. I mean, that is a lot of games, but I just see him breaking out, and I think that I agree that's their ceiling, and I can see them going 10 and uh, – realistically, 11 and 5, 10 and 6, but I have them winning a few games, and I see them breaking out. And you know what? I think that I might have had them a bit high Yeah, look at it, but that's their ceiling. I'm, I I will stand by. Of course it's their ceiling. I mean, I don't know. I, I will stand by their, that being their ceiling. And I'll say realistically, if I could change the record, I would say it would be 11 and 5. Okay. I I got them at 8 and 8 just because I'm not. This defense is still pretty bad, even with Isaiah Simmons. But whatever. Moving on to the LA Rams. I think they're a team that kind of gets a lot of hate from the NFL, even though just a few years ago they were able to make the Super Bowl. Uh, they still got Jared Goff, who I think is an inconsistent quarterback, but I'd say he's average. They've got Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, although they did lose Brandon Cooks. Um, at running back, that could be a big question, and that might be p- why people are writing them off. But to be fair, Todd Gurley hasn't been that much of a factor um, recently just because he's been so injured anyway. Um, and they just signed – or they just drafted uh, Cam Akers. Is that his yeah. name? Yeah, they just drafted Cam Akers, and they've got Darrell Henderson. And then, of course, on the defense, they've still got a very stacked defense with Aaron Donald and uh, Jalen Ramsey. So I, uh, I had the Rams going eight and eight. I mean, I'd have them going better probably if they're in any other division. But this division is just so tough that they're going to be losing some games to the 49 to really every other team. So that's part of the reason why they went down. And I think, yeah, I mean, that's basically the reason I had them going eight and eight as opposed to anything higher. I've been going nine and seven. I agree. They're really hated on. They have Aaron Donald. They have a solid offense. They have an amazing coach. And yeah. I think that even though I'm like raving on them, the only reason that I would do not put them higher is how are they supposed to succeed in this division? Division, right. And exactly. last year they went nine and seven. And yeah. Exactly. And this division got better from last year, in my opinion. So, I mean, I'm not saying, I'm saying that, okay, they might improve, but I just can't see their record improving for the sole fact that their division is too good. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's a fair point that you made. And I'm glad that we could end on a kind of nicer note as a, compared to our brutal uh, Buccaneers <laughs> debate, which probably took up like half the episode. No, I'm kidding. Anyway, if you enjoyed this, make sure to leave us a comment. Let us know what you want us to talk about next and bear down. Bear down. Can't wait for next episode about the Bears. Uh, mm-hmm. We're predicting all of the Bears games. 16 and 0, 0 and 16. You'll have to see. You're going to have to find out. All right.
If you enjoyed this episode of From the Den, please remember to comment or leave a review depending on your listening platform. Or if you're a Packers fan, remember to write some nasty reviews and comments. Thanks for listening and bear down.